Coming up on We Talk News this week, two more states vote in adult use of cannabis, bringing the legal state total in the U.S. to 21. So what impact will that have on federal reform? Well, the new Republican-controlled House will have its first hearing on that in one week. Maryland overwhelmingly approves adult use. We'll talk with the current medical dispensary owner in that state. Plus, Diddy puts his money where his rap is and now enters the industry in four states with vertical integration and proper capital infusion. Pro basketball star Brittany Griner is moved to a penal colony in Russia to serve out her nine-year sentence for hash oil possession. All that plus coast-to-coast cannabis news on We Talk News with Elena Pinto next. We are pro-cannabis media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's Weed Talk News. I'm Elena Pinto. The results from the midterm elections continue to evolve, but two more states vote in adult use. Maryland and Missouri voters approved the launch of a legal market for adults, while Arkansas and both Dakotas turned it down. In Maryland, over 65% voted in favor of opening an adult use market in that state. And Mitch Trellis is the co-CEO for Remedy, a medical dispensary in Columbia and Baltimore. And Mitch has been involved with the advocacy movement in that state for 10 years. He talked with PCM founder Jimmy Young about this historic vote. I think it was validating. I think it was validating to understand, to know that people have... um it started to normalize and the stigma, the stigma has been somewhat lifted. And, um, you know, it's ultimately just going to be another thing because at the end of the day, it shouldn't be anything more than that. Uh, the quest towards normalization. I totally agree with you on that. Exactly. Do you expect Maryland to follow what Arizona did and give all those first medical dispensaries, the opportunity to apply for an adult use license? I would expect the answer to that to be yes. Uh, We've spent a lot of time, energy, money, regulation, um, intellectual power, establishing a very, very robust medical program. And we've never seen any state legalized without relying upon that, you know, existing medical infrastructure. Um, I'm sure you're aware that just to create, to, to grow this, this medicine at this scale requires tens and hundreds of millions of dollars of investment. So I don't think that they're going to try to duplicate that, especially when um, they intend to start the program pretty quickly. From what I understand, you know, we see that when you wait a long time, you you give the, the gray market an opportunity to take hold. And um, I, I know for a fact that nobody in the state of Maryland wants a gray market. So what's next on the federal level? Good question. That is still not 100 percent decided although it looks like the Republicans have gained control of the House while the Senate makeup is still, to borrow a popular phrase this week, too close to call. Word out of Washington, D.C. is that the House will pick up the federal reform issue next week. Phil Adams has more in D.C. report. Hi, I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, here with the Weed Talk News D.C. report. The state of Maryland has legalized adult use of cannabis. On election day, Maryland voters strongly approved a state ballot initiative that will make adult use of cannabis legal beginning next year. The measure, which appeared on the ballot as question four, 
passed by a vote of 66% in favor to 34% against. That tally reflects the results of a number of recent statewide surveys, including a November 3rd Baltimore Sun University of Baltimore poll, in which 63% of Maryland residents favored legalization. The yes vote automatically triggered implementation of a companion bill that will establish regulations for the adult use program. The new law will legalize personal possession of up to one and a half ounces of cannabis for adults 21 and older, and will also allow adults to grow up to two cannabis plants at home. Maryland was one of five states holding legalization referenda this election cycle. Missouri was the only other state to approve legalization, while voters in Arkansas and the Dakotas rejected adult use initiative in those states. The new law takes effect in Maryland on July 1st, 2023. Lawmakers in the House have scheduled a bipartisan hearing to discuss a range of federal and state-level cannabis reform issues. With 22 states and the District of Columbia now having legalized adult use of cannabis, the House Civil Rights and Civil Liberties Subcommittee will hold a hearing titled Developments in State Cannabis Laws and Bipartisan Cannabis Reforms at the Federal Level. While the details are sparse concerning the hearing's focus and witnesses, some of the topics expected to be discussed are the State's Reform Act and the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, both of which seek to end the federal prohibition on cannabis. The hearing is scheduled for November 15th. That's the Weed Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. The midterm election also impacted cannabis in a number of other states. Decriminalization efforts were passed in five Ohio cities. Referendums were passed in multiple municipalities in Wisconsin and out of 33 towns and cities in Rhode Island looking to allow cannabis businesses to operate, 25 of those have given the green light to get started. In Minnesota, legal cannabis had previously passed the state's Democratic-controlled House, but couldn't get over that same hurdle in the Senate. But Tuesday, Minnesota voters flipped the Senate blue and Democratic Party leaders say they're ready to caucus on cannabis as soon as possible. On the East Coast, voters in Pennsylvania may see a similar fate after electing pro-candidate candidate John Fetterman to Senate. Claudia Post takes a closer look at what his victory means for the Keystone State. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'm here in the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, reporting for We Talk News. A slew of good news greeted America's majority for cannabis legalization and reform this week. At the top of the list, pro-pot Pennsylvania Democrat John Fetterman clinched the win over Republican Dr. Oz for the crucial Senate seat. Fetterman has been a staunch supporter of cannabis legalization, and he has indicated that the Keystone State wants and will greatly benefit from legal cannabis. As I said, I'm waiting for adult use. Fetterman has vocally criticized President Biden's inaction on federal reform, and so now that he'll be on Capitol Hill, we hope he gives the president all the smoke he needs to push for cannabis reform. Officers in Pennsylvania will soon be piloting a new marijuana breathalyzer technology, which will detect elevated levels of THC. Of course, this is to prevent impaired driving. 
Officers will be able to test the new breathalyzer technology during a three-month pilot phase in Warren County, which is somewhere to the west of Philadelphia. The process works by officers collecting breath samples from a driver suspected of being impaired by cannabis using this technology with breathalyzer and then sending those samples to a designated laboratory to be processed. Pennsylvania officials announced they will be providing 200,000 in match funding for marketing projects to promote the state's hemp industry. The State Department of Agriculture said that nonprofit organizations that take on marketing initiatives to increase hemp sales, exports, or consumer awareness of the sector of the cannabis industry are eligible for reimbursement funds. The purpose of the program is threefold, increase consumer awareness, educate producers and consumers, and lastly, facilitate the growth and development for export markets for hemp products within the Commonwealth. These grants will feed a new industry that wants the staple of Pennsylvania's economy and is again presenting opportunities for farm income and jobs as well as new possibilities for climate-friendly, environmentally beneficial products. Do you know that in the 17th century, Pennsylvania was the largest producer of hemp? Very interesting. That's a wrap from Pennsylvania. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'll be back next week to talk about what's hot and what's not in Pennsylvania from We Talk News. Have a fabulous week. A majority of marijuana measures in Southeast Michigan also passed Tuesday with flying colors, and the state will also soon see a celebrity cannabis team up as Mike Tyson's Tyson 2.0 and Cloud Cannabis are working to bring Ric Flair's product line to the state. So let's check in with Michigan Normal Executive Director Rick Thompson with more. Hello again, everyone. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson. Let's begin. Tuesday's night election results were a kick in the stash sack for some of the cannabis law reform efforts. Of the 32 local ballot initiatives voted on, 13 proposals which allowed positive changes in local laws passed, 13 proposals which would have allowed for positive change failed, four potential bans of cannabis businesses or repeals of existing permissions for businesses failed, and two negative ordinances passed. Of those two negative ordinances that passed, one is in Langsburg, where they reduced the number of adult use licenses from two to one, and Oakland County's Lathrop Village, which enacted a total ban on all cannabis businesses. Speaking of Oakland County, they were as divided as ever, failing proposals in Leonard, Clarkson, and Brandon Township, while approving that Lathrop Village ban. Also in Oakland County, positive results were had in Auburn Hills, Kego Harbor, and Royal Oak Township. Two out of three Wayne County communities approved cannabis retail of one kind or another. Berrien County, the gateway to Chicago, as some call it, failed to pass either of their adult use proposals in Niles and Hager Township. Now, as we travel up the Lake Michigan shoreline, we see a lot of no boats floating out on the water including no to Pinconning and Collins positive proposals and a no to Gibson Township's proposed ban. Farther down on our Eastern shore, Buell Township under the thumb passed their proposal as did Imlay City in nearby Lapeer County. Michigan's west side was also a mixed bag of success.
Well, this week, Michigan's Cannabis Notables performed the second annual Cannabis Gives Back Telethon, sponsored by Redemption Cannabis. This year, the telethon doubled as a fundraiser for Sons and Daughters United. Last year, the telethon raised about $22,000, said Ryan Basor of Redemption on Jazz Cabbage Cafe this week. And this year, they'll haul in at least 30000 This broadcast was carried live on the networks of Jazz Cabbage, FOB 1620, the Smoke and Rope podcast, the MICIA Canacast, and the Chad Watch platform. Participating were myself and Jamie Lowell from Jazz Cabbage Cafe, Ryan Basor, Kevin Pibus, and Tom Beller from the Smoke and Rope podcast, Kyle Miller and Chris Silva from Chad Watch, veteran Anton Harb from FOB 1620, and Sons and Daughters' own Josie Scoggin. Donations can still be made by visiting redemptioncana.com. And that's it from the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Last week, news broke on Friday that Sean Diddy Combs has entered the cannabis industry. Diddy, a hip-hop artist and owner of the Sean John fashion brand, came up with $185 million to buy operations in Illinois, New York, and Massachusetts. And that alone was historic since that makes his group the largest minority-owned, vertically integrated, multi-state operator in the country. The New York and New Jersey market continues to evolve. Jill Goldsbury has that story and more. Hey everyone, I'm Jill Goldsbury for We Talk News New Jersey, and here's what's happening in the area. The Jersey City City Council is looking at adopting a new local law that would cap the number of marijuana dispensaries in the city at 55. The number 55 is derived from the number of applicants applications for dispensaries that have been submitted. During a recent meeting, business administrator John Metro said that the number is not confirmed. However, they are approving or they have approved 23 applications so far and 19 of those are considered to be diverse applicants in terms of being minority owned or women owned businesses. And the state does not, does not limit the number of dispensaries that can be opened in any municipality in New Jersey but only 37 can be opened statewide until February of 2023. Currently, there are 28 dispensaries that are open. But according to the ordinance, it's in the city's best interest to limit the number of shops in the city. However, it wouldn't place limits on cultivators, manufacturers, wholesale distributors, or delivery licenses. According to Councilman Reggiano, 55 dispensaries is just way too many for the city, and so he has voted no against the ordinance. Meanwhile, another councilman, Councilman Yusuf Salah of Ward D, has voted yes for the ordinance, but he wants the remainder of approved applicants to have applicants approved to be diverse, diverse in ownership. A second discussion on this will happen later this week, and we will follow the story and keep you posted. In other cannabis news, New York City's hip-hop entertainment mogul, Sean Diddy Combs, has entered the cannabis business. And when I say enter the cannabis business, I mean the entire industry. He has agreed to acquire licensed cannabis operations in New York, Massachusetts, and Illinois, from Cresco Labs and Columbia Care. 
and the deal is worth up to, reportedly worth up to $185 million, according to CNBC. The new deal includes retail stores and production facilities in the states of New York, Illinois, and Massachusetts. And this makes the entrepreneur's first investment in cannabis also a first. He is the first minority-owned, vertically integrated, multi-state cannabis company and the world's largest Black-owned cannabis company. So shout out to Diddy on becoming another first for the culture. I'm Jill Goldsberry for We Talk News. Another state that will be impacted by this deal is Massachusetts. It was four years ago this month that the Bay State opened their adult use legal market. Iraq War veteran Stephen Mandilli was the first adult to buy weed legally in Massachusetts. And he joins PCM founder Jimmy Young as a guest host on Friday's Green Rush Live show, completely dedicated to veterans in cannabis. And we talk news producer Tori Chamberlain has our Bay State Cannabis Report. Hey guys, I'm Tori Chamberlain, and here's what's happening in the Bay State this week. Massachusetts voters made history on Tuesday when they elected Maura Healy to the governor's office. She's the first woman to be elected to that position, and now the first openly gay woman to serve as a U.S. governor. And when it comes to her stance on cannabis, she's had kind of an interesting past. Healy was once against efforts to bring adult-use cannabis to the Bay State, but she's since reversed her position, admitting that the public health concerns she once had are unfounded. Uh, and current Massachusetts law does allow for people with cannabis-related convictions to apply for expungement through the state. But the Boston Globe reports that back on the campaign trail not too long ago, Healy said she would be willing to follow in the footsteps of President Biden, broadening expungement efforts right here in the state, and even maybe releasing people from prison. Her campaign hasn't really expanded on exactly what she plans to do and what that could look like in Massachusetts, but of course, we will be keeping our eye on that. And as more of the East Coast goes green, it could mean less money and mo problems for Massachusetts, at least if you're a cultivator. Adult use weed has been legal here in our state for five years, but now four of our neighbors are getting their own markets up and running. That's Vermont, Rhode Island, New York, and Connecticut. And that means the Massachusetts market is maturing and we're already seeing that reflected in the price of products. In October of 2021, the average price for an ounce of flour at adult use retail was $381. The Cannabis Control Commission reports that that rate plummeted to an all-time low just last month of $220 an ounce. That's a 42% drop. And just from September to October of this year, the price of an ounce dropped by another $40, which is the largest month-to-month -month drop recorded in 2022. The numbers do show that overall sales haven't really changed significantly, which means that consumers are still buying and probably taking advantage of those lower prices, but it's really tough to watch the burden of competition fall back onto cultivators. They're ultimately the ones who suffer from a drop in prices. And coming from California myself, where we've seen that be a problem in that market, I would really hate to see any good quality brands here in Massachusetts lose their way and flounder. So be sure to go seek out your favorite local brands, 
buy their flour, put money in their pockets so that they can stay afloat in this competitive Massachusetts market. But for now, that's it for the Bay State Report. I'm Tori Chamberlain. Not so great news from overseas. WNBA star Brittany Griner has officially been moved to a penal camp in Russia as she serves a sentence for possession of cannabis hash oil. U.S. officials now growing more concerned, saying Griner will likely be required to perform manual labor at that camp. President Biden said this week he hopes Vladimir Putin will be open to negotiations, but Otherwise, no word on when or if Griner may be able to get out of that nine-year sentence. But with that, let's check in with Lex Pelger overseas with this week's European Cannabis Report. Hello, I'm Lex Pelger from White Whale Creations, and this is your European Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. The first story today comes from the Netherlands, where the growers in the Netherlands legal marijuana production pilot program said they need more time to prepare for the launch. This was an experiment allowed to design to regulate the sales and terminate the supply of black market cannabis to the coffee shops there. 10 growers were initially selected, but it looks like the rollout's only going to be at the end of 2023, two years later than the government predicted. Part of that's because none of the big five cities wanted anything to do with growing cannabis legally in their city, so it's only being grown in small municipalities. The growers also have trouble getting bank accounts. The energy crisis is making trouble on the supply side, and there's problems with the track and trace system used to monitor the product production from the government. So some hiccups as uh, the Netherlands tries to bring the back end of their cannabis production into the light. In Italy, three Italian trade associations are taking the government to court over its classification of hemp flowers and leaves as medicine. So they'll no longer be able to sold as a smokable uh, product of enjoyment. They say this is contravening the 2020 Canavate judgment, which deems them to be non-narcotic. And this speaks to the difficulty of regulating hemp among the different markets of the EU. The EU has its own opinions, and each of these states is trying to figure it out. And Italy can, is being somewhat uh, regressive and hardline about it. The last story comes from the UK with their medical cannabis program. There's a little boy named Alfie who is coming up on 1,000 days without a seizure. But he is one of only three kids in the country that has a funded prescription from the NHS for his whole plant cannabis treatment. This is spurring activists to call for more kids to be covered when cannabis is the only medicine that works for them. And a recent survey highlighted the problems facing UK cannabis patients, with 62% reporting unreasonable delays to their prescription. 31% have had quality control issues. Over 35% spend over 350 pounds a month and only half of, of the people are allowed to consume at work. So a, a long way to come for the UK medical program. That's the European Cannabis Report for this week. I'm Lex Pelger of White Whale Creations reporting for Weed Talk News, and you can check out my newsletter, Cannabinoids and the People, for all of our science updates. Back in the U.S., nearly half the country has now legalized cannabis for adults, 21 states in all. And while some of them have been green for quite some time, there are still changes happening to the way business is done. In Washington state, they're going so far as to study what the effects of home delivery might look like on the green market. Josh Kincaid has the story and his Washington state report. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge with the Washington State Cannabis Report for We Talk News. Washington considers cannabis delivery. State Liquor and Cannabis Board conducted a survey on how to set up and operate a delivery system with an eye to ensure cannabis doesn't wind up in that wrong hands. So ever since Washington voters legalized cannabis in 2012, people have been asking for home delivery 
Yet home delivery brings a new set of challenges. The Department of Health said the agency does not oppose a delivery system, but are concerned about diversion. So among issues this study must consider are how to verify authorization databases and what payment methods would be allowed. With many transactions conducted with cash, the study must look at how to ensure safe and secure transporting of products, including delivery vehicle requirements, and how deliveries by retailer operating out of Indian reservations will be handled. COVID and working from home definitely highlighted the need for delivery, but Washington is still working on legislation to hopefully improve that. There are concerns that mount with limited access in rural regions. There's also patients who live uh, near a store, but they aren't mobile enough to get there. So when exactly is Washington going to get cannabis delivery? You're going to have to come back to Weed Talk News to find out. But with that, we're going to have to roll up this Washington State Cannabis Report. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge reporting for Weed Talk News. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out. It's Veterans Day weekend, and many cannabis shops will salute those who have served with steals and deals on their most liked medicine. That's certainly the case in Vermont. And Jesse Lynn Dolan has more. I'm Jesse Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. Hetty Vermont held its fifth annual Veterans Day giveaway on November 12th with donations and refreshments for Vermont veterans. The Vermont Cannabis Control Board issued 10 new licenses at November 9th's meeting, including five retailers, one wholesaler, and one manufacturer. They announced that all products, including hemp products and synthetic cannabinoids like Delta-8, containing one milligram of THC or more per serving, will be regulated by the board. Visit ccb.vermont.gov to see the industry bulletin for more information. During the meeting, board member Julie Hulbert reviewed the advertising guidance ushering applicants and licensees to the CCB's website guidance documents for printed details. The board will host a question and answer on Monday, November 21st at 7 p.m. to go over testing, inventory tracking, and product registration. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse and Gangier. Jesse Lynn Dolan. And finally, a cannabis company well known for its aesthetic and vibe is crossing state lines. Nevada's Planet 13 dispensary is branching out to Illinois and has chosen Waukegan for its location. The flagship dispensary in Las Vegas features a massive retail space that includes a lounge, entertainment, retail, and so much more. So we can only imagine what they are brewing up to bring to Illinois. After all, it is a whole new world of weed out there. So remember to use it wisely. And that's it for Weed Talk News this week. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out. And check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, 
I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.